Welcome back, book nerds, to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Christo Brock, the creator of the film Brewmance. This film was not at all what I expected, and I loved it. Beer is a big part of our society and has a long and deep history, but in this film, Christo doesn't focus on that. Instead, he focuses on the little guy, the home brewer, and how the world of beer has not only brought people together, but how it has changed and evolved over time, and there's so much more to that world than most people realize. So let's get to it and learn more about Christo and his film, Brewmance. Alright book nerds, I'm now joined by Christo Brock, the producer and director of Brewmance. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. So I watched your film last night, not what I was expecting in a good way, really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, For our listeners, could you please uh, just tell us a little bit about what the film is? So the film is um, a bit of a deep dive into craft beer and home brewing. Um, it follows two groups of homebrewers who are looking to open up their um, their craft breweries, and sort of surrounded the, surrounding this narrative of these two groups is this kind of Greek chorus of um, historians and legendary craft brewers um, to sort of give this sort of context and history of craft beer. Um, and I, I always like to think of it that I was trying to um, let our homebrewers walk in the footsteps of giants. So they were they were doing all the same things that like those very early craft brewers were doing 40, 50 years ago. But it's just it's a lot easier now because people like craft beer. <laughs> oh, people absolutely. 50 years ago. <laughs> So I'm curious to know, what was your your reasoning for making this? What was the desire when you were, you know, wanting to make a film and you just said, you know what, I want to make it about craft beer and brewing. What what was that motivation? Well, it's kind of, that's kind of a complicated question. I mean, I guess it is for most people, but my last film um, was about swimming. It's called Touch the Wall. It's still up on the Amazon Prime. And that, it followed a couple of Olympic athletes as they trained for the Olympic Games. And I flew all around the country, and I had a very young child at the time. Um, and my wife was like, you know, it would be really great if you could be around a little bit for my for our son. So when I thought about the next film, I, I actually sort of did think of family, like how can I, how can I keep my family happy and still make the kind of film I want. Cause I mean, you know, for those of us in the film industry, this is always a concern. You spend so much time making a film, it pulls away from the other parts of your life. And it's very hard to keep those other parts of your lives happy and healthy. Um, so that was one consideration, but the other one was just, I was looking to tell a story and I was considering these different subjects of like, country song music uh, songwriters and wine, which I had sort of started. And, um, but actually when I came across craft beer and homebrewing, um, I actually kind of thought that this was kind of this unique American story that really hadn't been told. Um, and excuse me, I had a friend who was a homebrewer in a club out here in Southern California and 
he told me about one of these homebrew club meetings and he said, you know, people bring their beers and then they, <clears throat> they get up and everybody tastes it and they tell you exactly how they made it. And then people give comments to, you know, suggestions of how to make the beer better. I just thought that that sounds really pretty interesting. And then, and then he said, um, and one of these home brewers is going to open up their own craft brewery. It turned out to be Jonathan Porter of, of Smog Brewery in Torrance. And, um, and then we went to Smog and I tasted some of the beers and I was floored. I was just amazed at how many different kinds of flavors, different kinds of beers there were, and just how impeccably crafted they all were. And then... But I thought, you know, there's there's a lot of films about craft beer, and it's usually very pretty, shiny brewing equipment, and then lots of people talking, and then they're talking about blah 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 blah, and it's it's a little bit dull. Um, what the way I like to make films is to take a camera out, find a subject, and spend a couple years following them around um, to see a story happen in front of the camera. It doesn't always work. Usually. <laughs> When it doesn't work, it's uh, really frustrating. But um, but then I, I I sort of began to see the connection between the home brewer and the craft brew movement. So once I and I did a little I did a lot of I read a lot of books. Maureen Ogle's book Ambitious Brew, a brilliant book about the beer history, and I um, so I did a lot of research, and then I realized like oh the craft brew movement really does come from these homebrewers in the seventies who were just tired of the beer that was out there. Cause there was no diversity. It was all this light fruity lager. And a lot of these homebrewers are like, this is boring corporatized beer. I'm going to make something that is kind of subversive and has all the flavors that beer can have. Um, and then, so, I hope I'm not rambling too much here, but they, uh, the early <laughs> homebrewers, they, what they did is they, they first, the first sort of stage was to recreate a lot of the lost styles because they're pre prohibition. There used to be a brewery pretty much in every corner. There were far more breweries per capita, um, but prohibition kind of killed all those local small breweries that are a lot like the craft breweries we have today. And the only breweries that survived were the big ones, the Anheuser-Busch, the Schlitz, the, those big um, breweries that could convert their production to seltzer or near beer. Um, but so, um, I just lost my shirt. Oh, so then, so then the, these home brewers, they started creating, recreating all these lost styles. And then, um, so there was stouts and the brown ales and, Russian Imperials, whatever it is that we, we all have today, but those were all, they were gone. They had sort of like disappeared. Oh, for sure. You know, it was like this endangered species that had gone extinct. And so they, they basically brought back a lot of these styles. And then a few like really intrepid home brewers, um, which is, this is kind of what the, the ethos of the film, these kind of really hard scrabble entrepreneurial you know disruptors um decided you know what i'm i'm gonna sell my beer why why can't i 
bring my homebrew. So I like it. Someone else has got to like it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so speaking on, on some, you know, that's a great segue to my next question is that, Ooh, that like you said, you know, focusing on, you know, the small homebrewers, this story, you know, this film really focused on two main groups of people, like saying like, Hey, we're going to go for this. And yeah. you know, we're going to open up our own breweries and sell our own beer and everything. How did you go about finding those two particular groups of people to be in the film? Well, it so happened that I had this idea like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could find a couple of homebrewers who were going to open up their own breweries? So I went to the Long Beach Homebrew Club meeting in uh, September of 2016. And I was kind of hanging on the back and everybody kind of introduces themselves. And they're like, are you new? I'm like, yeah, I'm new. <laughs> um, and I, But I was kind of being coy. And then I, towards the middle of the meeting, they're like, hey, so uh, Dan, tell us, uh, how's the construction in the new brewery going? And I was like, oh yeah. There you go. go. And uh, and then, so that's how I met Dan Sundstrom, the father-son family run 10 mile business. And um, he was, they were, he was just awesome. Interesting, warm, you know, really well reasoned and thought out. And um, so I started following him and, and then he introduced me to the other um, brewers, which were sort of a contrast because those guys were not family. Those were friends, a bunch of friends. And Dan Regan, who was the driving force behind that, had been the trombonist in the ska band Real Big Fish. And he had like traveled all around the country and Europe and um, in between shows, they would drink craft beers. He would, he would, they would look for craft breweries. So when Danny came home, he was like, I'm going to open up a craft brewery. And um, that's what they did. Oh, for sure. I mean, whenever my friends and I, you know, we, we go traveling or we go anywhere. One of the first things we do once we get there, we're like, Hey, let's check out the town. And like, Oh, let's see where there's a, you know, let's see if there's any cool breweries or, you know, let's, yeah. let's all grab a beer. Like that's what, you know, that's what you do. It's, it's fun. Yeah. And um, I really liked how both breweries ended up coming, looking out because, I like that you show the process of them getting the buildings and they're, you know, completely not falling apart, but like deserted and like the, you know, walls missing. And then you show yeah. the process of them, you know, doing it by hand essentially and building these whole things up. It's and they just look horrible. so good at the end. I'm just like, man, these are breweries that I want to visit now. Yeah. But I just, you know, that their stories are story of like every brewery in the country that's started with nothing and had a dream and, you know, struggled. It's so one of the things that I really that sort of came to light as I was we were as I was making and editing the film was like that entrepreneurial drive, that drive to like create something. I think really is like this American thing. I'm, I'm sure other there are other countries that have this as well, but it's just particularly rooted in who we are. Like, have a dream think anything's possible and then go for it not everybody yeah. succeeds but the ones who do are the ones that you still know you know like sam yeah. adams and i Sierra mean Brown, whatever i found it one thing that i thought was really interesting because it's not something that i thought you know that I thought in my head was um one of the people you interviewed they said you know when people when people try to do this themselves and go from you know small home brewing to like opening a brewery the one thing that people miscalculated the one reason people fail is the ratios and like how much you know how much it takes to make the beer because it's as you scale up 
it completely changes. And I thought that was really interesting. And I'm curious, how did you go about getting some of these big names in the beer industry and in the brewing? Like you got guys from like Sam Adams and like authors <laughs> of books, like what did you just call, call them up and be like, Hey, I'm making an interview, you know, a documentary video. You want to be in it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I love that. I mean, so, you know, one of the requirements of, of doing what I do is like just being fearless, uh, which I'm not always good at. Um, but part of it's just like, you know, dialing, finding the number, dialing it up and saying, hey, can I talk to Vinny Salerzo of Russian River? You know, and he, Vinny is like this legendary brewery, kind of invented IPA along with some other people. And uh, he's like, yeah, hi, this is Vinny. I'm like, oh hi uh Vinny hi this I, and then I then I go through this whole spiel blah 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 I'm a filmmaker blah 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 um and if I'm lucky they say yes you know it's this is the thing it's like being being a, like an independent producer like I am there's a lot of sales and it's like right now I'm in this the business of selling the film getting people to see the film but even way before that, when you're trying to get an interview, you kind of have to do a sales job there. You have to convince somebody that you're worth their time because these are really busy people and that you have an understanding of what they do and that, you know, you want to talk to them. And um, so a lot of them, a lot of them respond. Like, I'll tell you a little story. So I talked to, to Fritz Maytag. Fritz Maytag is like the sort of the patriarch of craft beer. He started Anchor Steam in the 60s. A little, slightly different story than the other one, but he was, he was kind of the only craft brewer for about 10 years. I called him up and I was like, um, so I'd, I'd like, to, like to talk to you for the film. And he'd be like, why? I was like, uh, why do you want to talk to me? And I was like, well, Fritz, because I think, you know, you kind of held the torch up of craft beer for 10 years. And it was that that one phrase that he was like, "Yeah, I certainly did." And, <laughs> it was just, and then he told me all these like crazy stories, and I was like, you know, you know I love Fritz, and I love he's one of a kind. Well, but, I hope uh, I hope in the process of making this film, you also got a chance to try some uh, try lots of uh, beers. Oh, so. that I did. <laughs> that I one of the did. one of the benefits of making this film is that uh, you get to try lots of beer. I have the belly to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one final question before we go is, um, when someone who doesn't know a lot about beer, you know, and the history of craft brewing watches this film, what do you what do you hope their main takeaway is? That. Um, well, one that there is a there is a way that we can all come together. And let's see, a certain level, sort of film um, theme of the film is that, like, you know, when you meet someone in a craft brew tap house, um, you can talk to them. It doesn't matter what their political affiliations are or where they come from. It's it's sort of like this common ground, and there is a way forward for this country, and it's not saying that it, it rests entirely in a tap room, a craft beer tap room, but there is a way for us to be nicer to each other and more respectful and to a server appreciate what we collectively are. That's I think that's, 
<laughs> I think that's a great message and a great way to end the interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Great film. I wish you all the best of luck and hope uh, Netflix, Amazon, who someone picks your film up because it's definitely well, great. Let me let me tell you. So now you can actually um, we're we're on um, Amazon as of June first. We are now on Amazon. It's able to you're available for buying your rent, and it's also available on iTunes and Vudu and Fandango and Google Play and uh, Vimeo. Other fantastic and congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Hope you guys can see it. Awesome. Well, if you're like me, then after watching this film, you'll want to grab a beer and have a better understanding of the history that went into making the world of beer what it is today. Be sure to catch this film when you get the opportunity. And as always, we'll be back with another episode real soon. Take care. And Christo, do you have any parting words for our listeners before we go? Hi, this is Christo Brock, the producer-director of the new documentary about craft beer, Brumance. And you're listening to GeneBookNerd.com. GeneBookNerd.com